everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You are very, very welcome along. It's uh, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. We're eating into the season here uh, on LOI Central and we're with Future Ticketing uh, Porterhouse Brewery, Collar and Cuff. Uh, and on today's show, we're going to talk to two uh, of uh, the most recognisable strikers that have come through the League of Ireland in recent years in Georgie Kelly, who's going to join us live. And I spoke to Dinny Corcoran as well uh, last night, just uh, in reflection of his 100th uh, goal in the League of Ireland. We will give you another trivia question and we will give you the answer to the trivia last week, Dan. It was a bit of a trick question. It was also a trick question that there were two correct answers and most of the answers were wrong because of the year. So who did Villarreal play in 2010? Now, I couldn't find any record of them having played two clubs, but they did. They did. They the were, record does exist. It, but yeah. at the time we thought it was one. But anyone who answered UCD, I'm very sorry. You were tricked by our, our cunning plan. But the answer is, of course... Were you happy with the reaction to the... Athlone and To the Bray. trivia. Athlone and Bray. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the people have spoken, Johnny. The, win- the, the winner is Kev. Kev. So Kev? Kev. He's just down as Kev on the Insta, so I'm going to have to... Uh, Does he have more of an identity than that? Does he have more of an identity? Kev. He's down as... Yeah, let me work on this. He's just down as Kev. All right, okay. Probably knows who he is. Kevin Roach. Kevin, Kevin Roach. Roach. That's a little bit more actually, Johnny. <laughs> slightly more professional. Congrats, Kevin. Uh, you are the winner of four lovely, lovely Porterhouse Brewery beers. And Dan will have a question later on the show. We by will. which time, Stephen Bradley may be the manager of Lincoln. Who knows? Who knows, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a, an amazing development, really. Um, just out of the blue. Middle of the season. Yeah, well, it's the middle of the season here. But I suppose it's not the middle of the season there. It's the end of the season in England. It's, it's when managers get told they're not being retained, which mm. is what's happened with Michael Appleton um, at Lincoln. And yeah, they're uh, they're on the lookout for a manager. They're very aware of the Irish market. I mean, they have the two players here at the moment, um, Sean Rowan and Sam Long. Um, they've signed Zach Albuzetti in recent years. They're looking at Colin Whelan and Liam Kerrigan. Um, and they have looked at other players too. And they're very much in tune with the, the Irish market. And in their search for a new manager they've they've found someone who they believe fits the profile for what they're looking for mm. which is um which is Stephen Bradley so um yeah we are speaking on Wednesday morning things can move fast and and, and leave you out of date very quickly um so that that warning comes attached to this but um there has been an official approach from Lincoln to Shamrock Rovers. Stephen Bradley is like a full-time employee. It's a weird one. He's not really under a sort of a contract where like his contract is up at the end of the year or, you know, in two years' time or something. He's he's like a, you know, he's a member of staff in the same way that a lot of people listen and might just be employed by the, the company where they work. Um, so what he would have is more of like a notice period or something if he was leaving. So really, it's more about sort of working out some kind of compensation figure. And then, of course, you have to just check with negotiations that that you know, everything is right for for Stephen Bradley he decides yeah I do want to leave this and uproot and, and go there which is obviously a debate um there's an internal debate with that but I think um I think the, the there's a very persuasive argument certainly for him to go um because he might never get uh an opportunity at a club with more of an understanding of him, if you know what I mean. He, yes, I completely understand the argument, and I understand why it's deflating for people. They will hear Lincoln and think, "Oh, Lincoln, you know, not a big name, but they are still a club with sort of 
you know, twice the average attendance of Rovers, twice the budget, you know, treble the salaries maybe in some cases. And you're on the um, ladder as well. And you're, like League One, and we have Georgie Kelly coming later on in the show, like League One is, I mean, you know, the championship is the sixth richest league in, in European football. Mm. Um, league One's probably, you know, elements of League One are probably in the top 20, I'd say. Mm. You know, like you look at Sunderland, Sheffield, Wednesday are playing in front of 38,000 people in the playoff. You would Rotherham, you have Portsmouth who didn't get up this year, Bolton, like proper proper big clubs. And yes, Lincoln aren't one of those, but they were in the playoffs last year. So, mm. you know, you, you are moving into a, a, a bigger market. And I don't think... I don't think people should be like offended by that or use that as a stick to sort of beat Rovers with if that's the case. Not at all. Um, Logistically, how hard... And, may, and maybe if, if Bradley was like six months into the job at Rovers or something, um, you know, would it be a different mindset if something like this came up? I, what I'm saying is he's achieved a lot of what he can achieve at Rovers aside from that magical European run and like a part of management and anyone in their career is sort of knowing when the right time to move is like if he did leave now it's probably in some ways it's a no risk gamble because he leaves rovers on very good terms and with an excellent reputation here so if for some reason it didn't work out in england um he would be poised for jobs back here you know what i mean like if, yeah. if, if if you know if anyone if you know if anything came up i'm sure he'd be the first person he would be called but um, so that's 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 one way of looking at it. Just in terms of the two lads, MacPhail and Cronin, potentially joining them, like how logistically, how logistical is that for all three to uproot and like bring kids? I guess to well, I mean that's uh, I mean is. that's the thing. I don't know what they're. I don't know how they would approach that, but certainly you know they are certainly Lincoln seem open to them going with with Stephen Bradley. Mm. Um, obviously in slightly different positions and the McPhail would be the surprising one for me because he's like sporting director or is involved in so many things and Lincoln have a sporting director Jez George who's very much involved in this century and isn't going anywhere mm. so it's not as if you know it's some kind of thing where like uh, they're, 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 they're planting people in all of the, the, the same jobs it would be more McPhail would be assisting Bradley I'd say effectively um, so I, I don't know like that's you know Stephen McPhail moved back here to play and stuff like that and, and um, you know I, I don't have the answers to these questions so I'm not, I'm not going to bluff it but um, you know it's it's uh, it is it's quite common I mean I suppose you, you know we read Alan Reynolds on the show recently like you know if a manager wants someone badly enough there mm. you know they they will be flexible enough and you know let you home maybe with your weekends or whatever it might be so I, I don't know about that aspect of it I mean um, and this isn't being negative about it but this is just the reality I mean the average shelf life for a manager in the football league I mean you're doing very well if you last sort of you know a year and a half a year maybe. and a half like yeah. two seasons so I, I, I can't imagine people are going to go over and buy a load of properties and you know sort of imagine mm. they're going to be there forever um, but, but obviously it's one of those ones where you want to see what doors could open here and then that that's what this is about it's it's a it's a you know it's not the destination but it's a real big stepping stone and um, into a different place how well would he know league one well like i i i, I mean i've never had a discussion with him about mm. how much football he watches um but he, he you know he would have through his role uh, through his work with arsenal he, he would have done a, a certain amount of scouting and um, work on players and I would assume then um, through even recruitment for Shamrock Rovers like you would have to watch a lot of games and keep on top of it and you know I'm sure he'd be 
you'd be on top of what's going on with Gavin Bazunu and I know Trevor Clark is not playing at that level this year, but players they've sold, you know, have, have gone to that level or I, 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 I'd imagine it's something that they can get on top of very quickly, but it is probably is one of the attractions of it. Again, this is the point where people understand. I think even from the Rovers' perspective, you get the sense they understand why this is a real threat for him to go because it's the start of pre-season. If he went in in early May, you've so much time. To yeah, like if he went in in February, yeah. you know, and he doesn't know League One, and your mm. job is can you keep us in the division or get us into the playoffs? This is the point. You could straight away to be a stench of failure over here if you mm. don't do it, and you're being dropped into a league where, like, right, we're playing such and such on 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 Saturday. Um, and you, you 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 have to spend the whole week watching all of their games, um, but that's just I mean that's just being a professional in any job. You could you could say that about any manager coming into any other league. You, you trust that that their ability is to watch games and suddenly get their handle on what you need. Yeah. You okay. Know? Everyone was texting me yesterday though. Who who's going to get the Rovers job? That's the fascinating thing. If it happens. Yeah, like well, I mean, I'm wary of getting involved in too much speculation. Who knows what will have transpired? I, with the I saw your your old buddy Julian Kenny put up some kind of managerial marker, which looked like it was only done himself. I mean, surely it's not a real. Uh, there wasn't actually like a branding. No, at the top. it looked like when he was done himself. John Caulfield was favourite. I, I thought that was like some kind of mischievous plan or something to <laughs> try and create speculation. <laughs> well, uh, the marker was an absolute disgrace, <laughs> by the way. Stranger things have happened, but uh, the way going, I are going. John Caulfield may may get the job, but I would have said Stephen Rice would be an obvious one, maybe. Um, yeah. Could, can Stephen Kenny lose another staff uh, member? Yeah, he probably um, can. But see, I, I can understand you know? the Stephen Rice thought. Um, you know, would someone like David Heady look at it? Um, mm, just won the league on Saturday. Yeah. Um, at the expense of Cliftonville and Paddy McLaughlin, who was being courted for Derry City back in the day, there was yeah, a link there as well. Yeah, I, um, I think I think that could be um, one that could come into consideration. That'd be a, that'd um, be an interesting one now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the thing about the job is if it was. It's the mid-season angle. I think if it was December, let's say Stephen Brady had left at the end of the League of Ireland season and it was the one just gone, like Damien Duff probably would have been in the mix. You know, right. Joe O'Brien that doesn't have a pro license. Damien Duff has talked himself out of another. <laughs> he can't. He literally oh, no, can't. No, 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 no. As I said, that, what, that, that, <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. In last December, you know, even before O'Donnell had gone to the dock, would they have looked at O'Donnell? You know, Joey O'Brien, could people have said, well, you don't have to pro, but we could yeah. do something around yeah. you. But all of those options now, you would think... Uh, are a complex whereas very attractive job someday in Britain there are likes, hundreds of managers who want a job in Britain oh yeah, they, big they, names. if they threw it out to the floor they'd get mm. loads of appointments but the, the loads of uh, applications and some very interesting ones and they do have well connected people at the club I mean Robbie Keane's name would be thrown into it you know, would John O'Shea's name be thrown into it like would it appeal to those people who knows would they appeal to Rovers who knows mm. um, but I think the fact that like, Rovers are I mean, Derry last week smashed um, St. Pat's. You know, Derry are coming to Tal on Friday week. The whole Rovers model, it must be acknowledged, like the club was still losing money last year. You know, they need to, you know, they need to, um, they, they, you know, Europe is important, but also retaining the league is very important. So they can't sort of dick around with this, you know, for too long. And um, so it's a sort of a pressurized situation for them. Mm. If if the I mean I, I don't want people to be listening to this pod. If you're listening to this pod and for some reason Stephen Brady is an NC staying, we're sorry for the previous yeah. five minutes you've you've just listened to. Um, but I suppose what it does highlight as well is that um, you know most clubs at a certain level will always have a, a sort of a backup plan in mind, and I, and you wonder have they always had someone in their back of their mind for this scenario? Well, because with NK Don, cause even because even like, well even last year like I, it did cross my mind like I wondered it's like Stephen Bradley was a bit vague in one or two questions he answered last year about you know 
sort of like how long more he would stay at Rovers. So at some stage there was always Stephen O'Donnell was the same as well after the cup final. He ended up leaving. Well, yeah. oh, that was slightly different terms. Yeah. But like, you know... Um, it's interesting though, his comments... Like after six comments years, were, like he was saying after six years, you know, I think there was probably an awareness that you've taken this maybe as far as And does can. he want to go back to England in some sense of unfinished business because he knows as a player there, he, he didn't really... I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, it's the natural evolution. I mean, as mm. we've talked about it before, like, there's no manager from born in 26 counties working in the in the managing. Mm. And there's obviously a lot as coaches, but none managing in the in the in the four divisions of the football league or the Premier League at the moment. So it shows how hard it is to get those opportunities, and, and that in itself speaks to why it will be attractive. I mean, it's isn't it a funny one really that like you have a situation where the only manager working in the the, the 92 clubs plus the inter- current international team manager plus the current on 21 manager are also a league of Ireland background yeah, people. Yeah. Um, so it, it shows why for people like Damien Duff or whoever they might be, or maybe the, the other ex internationals that may be out of work at the moment, you can't really look at it as a, oh, I'm not sure if I want to work in the league of Ireland. There is an element of it can be a big, stepping stone to, to big and t- bigger things for you and that's why I'm sure they'll get good interest but I think I'd well say they'll need to have something in place quickly if they are in that scenario the, the link between um, clubs in England and Ireland that has happened as you mentioned the, the, the two lads at Drada there's probably more of an understanding now between the two leagues that um, you know of the talent over here of coming over here bringing players on loan and Brexit's been a strange thing but like it could be a mutually beneficial relationship with clubs um, getting good players coming in as well and I look at Look at some of the players that have come into the League of Ireland this year from England. And it's interesting that Lincoln just seem, of all the managers they could have picked, like of all the, imagine the CVs of the managers, they're going for somebody in Ireland. like Yeah, but I mean, MK Dons went for, mm. I mean, MK Dons was a massively attractive job and they went for um, a guy from the, a Scottish fella from the Belgian second division, mm. you know, so. You're looking at a type. It's, like. a, it's, a, it's a profile. And, you yeah. know, some of these things can be fatty as well, too. People decide, well, no, we need a mm. young progressive coach mm. with a particular way. You know, at a particular time in the past, it might have been, you know, we need like the high profile person who'll sell some tickets for us or mm. something. Or, you know, we need someone who'll sort of play four four two and make us solid. Like there, there's always these trends. And like in, I mean, yeah, like, you know, in League One and League Two in recent memory, you'd have a sort of Joey Barton, you know, you'll have... Like you've all sorts of characters sort of knocking around the game, you know, mm. who've who've had to, you know, Harry Cool was then had to go to League Two to get going. And then the flip side of that is you'll have um, you know, managers, you know, climbing the ranks who who didn't really play at all. Like Steve Cooper, who's bringing Nottingham Forest now, has brought them from the bottom to the top of the championship. They're just they're gonna be in the playoffs. But I mean Steve Cooper again, is a sort of a Brendan Rodgers type story. Mm. He finished early, played in the Welsh leagues, mm. you know, and, and met his name as a coach. So um, uh, it was interesting, like Robbie Keane was on, interesting, uh, Robbie Keane was on Sky, I think earlier in the week, speaking about how, um, you know, certain ex-players he knows have got big opportunities. And to be fair, the likes of Lampard and Rooney and Jared, the elite players have got like big opportunities. But there's also a move away towards... Um, players who haven't had stellar careers almost been what people want, you know, mm. as in they want someone who's been the career coach, who's been obsessed with the game from that aspect for a long period of time. And that's why Bradley probably ticks the box for them. Now, maybe, mm. you know, it could well be that, that some higher profile candidates would look down on Lincoln with their budget and say, oh, I couldn't do that in League One. And that's going to be part of the challenge for for Bradley if he if he does go there. Um, but 
um yeah i mean it's it 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 sort of where are you standing now in your league being over declaration you you, you declared the league over two weeks ago um, yeah, this 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 isn't ideal for Shamrock Rovers. There's no two ways. About so, it. are you saying is the can you just can, can well you, couple that can, with? Can you declare is the league now? I, I I find it very hard to see Shamrock Rovers not win the league. No, no, that's different. You said, it was, you said it was over. Um, is it over? Is it over? Yeah, probably is. Yeah, it, it probably is. Yeah, really. I did see. Doesn't Derry, matter who they appoint. I did see Derry City. If on they Friday. appointed, if they appointed, who? I don't know. Give us a name. But who, just, who would you, who would you think would be a bad if name? They, if they, well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if yeah. they, if they appointed, I didn't see this coming. though. there's no two ways about it. I did not see like this. If coming. they appointed Henry Sellers, are you saying <laughs> that? They, are you saying that it's over? Um, are you saying that effectively the role of manager no, it's, is irrelevant? It's, it's no, no, Mr. not at all. I love the young not, managers not and they're saying that the league is over, even though there's a possibility. No, no, not at all. That, that the, the the favorites may not have a manager. No, no, it's 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 not obvious who they get either, and it's not obvious. Like I think Stephen Bradley did a good job managing that dressing room. There are a lot of big names there, so but yeah, it's, it's a, not it's not ideal. Is the league over? Um, it's not. It's not as cut and dry as it looked last uh, week. Can you can, can you not just say that it's not over? Can I also couple that with I saw Derry City on Friday? You did. And it has been pointed out. Uh, I haven't actually you saw seen Derry, much City of Derry City on Friday. City. What the hell was that? I was like two elements to your my Friday. Racing, my racing post. Uh, my my racing, Don't talk about the racing post. My racing post. First of all, my I must say post, we, had a, uh, we, had a, we had a lovely day out last Thursday <laughs> on behalf. Uh, thanks very much to, to Future, Future Ticket. Oh, sorry, Johnny didn't turn up. Sorry. So Johnny actually wasn't at the day the day last Thursday. You were very busy, of course. Yeah. With, with work commitments. I was. Um, so I mean, you know, I, get that off your chest. Just, just, off your if, if you want, chest. if you want to know anything about Johnny Ward's reliability, um, that's an insight to it. But then on Friday after the game, well, on, on late, I was the one who late got night, future ticketing initially. Uh, it sponsored uh, the podcast, but for which you wouldn't even have been at the races, and you brought you brought one of your friends along. I hear you. Have go. a good day. I oh, love you, day. Yeah. But then on Friday, on Friday night, uh, uh, no, I mean, bad day. Uh, I, I was also thinking if I had gone, I would have done my brains. Like, well, yeah. but anyway, but late night yeah. LOI on Friday, right? People listen to late night LOI. On Friday here Johnny excitedly announced that not only did you go to Inchicore you were going for a curry with the fourth official yeah. Alan Patrick <laughs> after the game and I was thinking like is there no end to your desire to sort of like just hang out with the LOI fraternity. That uh, you're for, going, a fucking you're going, you're, That's what I'm saying. With the Ford uh, official here, like, uh, like is Alan Patchell is, is what, actually next. Like, most of what his, next is like Johnny? Where were you today? I was see Simon with Mark Scanlon. You know, just going for you know bowling with Paul McLaughlin. You know, with various figures in the league that you're just going to like go on activities bowling, uh, with, Paul <laughs> bowling with Paul McLaughlin. You know, Duffer won't be anyway. No, um, you know, uh, bowling with uh, maybe swimming with a bit of foot golf with. I don't know, who would you go foot golfing with? Swimming with last week's guest who sent a lovely message after the podcast. Jonathan Hill, maybe. Uh, you know, you can, you know, it's probably yeah, a bit, bit probably higher up the not, food chain for you. Not sure you know. we have a great How relationship. How do you end up sort of going for a curry with a Ford official? Why, how, does, how does this, like, I know people do a lot of things online now, you know, Tinder and various other ways. Like, how, how do you end up going for a curry with a Ford official after a game? Dude, I would probably, since they were on the podcast, would occasionally text Alan and Paul McLaughlin, just have their numbers uh, Paul McLaughlin I remember when he gave the decision the Bowes Rovers penalty last season was it the Graham Burke Danny Mandroy was taken down actually by Finnerty and it was a very controversial decision which I actually agreed with but I remember texting him after the game and he was like I'm not sure to be honest looking back and I said yeah I could have gotten that wrong and I thought, I thought that was he, really is he allowed to speak to you should you have disclosed that ah, whatever yeah. is that why there's no anyway, curries with Paul McLaughlin so Alan, Alan Patchell Alan Patchell text me text me I think the other day I really enjoy the podcast something like that yeah. um, I had a game Friday and I said I'm actually in Inchicore he said oh would you fancy having a bite here afterwards so I said I'm not sure there's anywhere in Inchicore but uh, then I went out of my way to get the curry house in Harold's Cross just, and we had a great such a cheap date you wouldn't even come race 
But come racing with your mates on Thursday. The, the minute, like, you know, anyone in the league gives you a small bit of attention, you know, just, oh, you, know, yeah. f- you know, flashes a bit of obscure LOI stardust in your direction, you're like, oh, listen, I'm available. I'll be ready. Speaking I'll be ready of LOI stardust, though. Oh, my 10. God. That, so, getting back Derry to... Derry were good, sorry. Getting back to the point, I've been... My racing post tip and genuine... My, my tip and a punch down, Daniel, was so fucking bad. Like, it was horrendous. Daniel. Daniel. I'm like... Um, <laughs> Have you just become my mother for, for, for a second there? Um, and it was it was terrible. My Leave Ireland tip has been going great this year up until Friday, where I basically said, Pats are at home to Derry. I think that's a 50-50 game. Genuinely, I think it's a 50-50 game with home advantage. Oh, my God. Like, it was it was an annihilation. It was, if ever there were a statement of intent that the title is not over. Um, Derry's performance, the patching... The title is not over. No, right? it's not. Can I just be clear? And Derry are, by the way, what are they... Two, two, two points clear. Three points. Three points clear. Sorry, after Sean McGrover's uh, match in Sligo. So it's Patching and McElhenney both starting and fit. And Matty Smith and McGonigal sort of in form. And then essentially what, in my view, was the best player on the pitch was Cameron Dumigan in the whole midfield role. Blown away by them. Very impressive. No. And a lot of criticism if about Will Patching. Pats. If you got a text message from Will Patching or... Alan Patchell to go Patching, for Curry. He's a Northern Englander. Patchell well or Patchell, who would you go with, given the choice? Uh, Patchell, because I know him better. Like, uh, okay. And we have a bit of Curry history. I'd say, I'd say if Will send you a couple of messages, Alan Patching, Alan Patchell will be looking at his messages. You'd get the two blue ticks, but there'd be no response. It was, it was actually... You'd completely move. I'd say if a referee, uh, even like fourth official, you'd be dumped in it. You'd be dumped in it. It was such an enjoyable way to post League of Ireland to have a Curry and one beer at home. And then... Yeah, it was really enjoyable and get some of the, yeah, some but of the, the chat. But anyway, Dummigan Dumb, in the midfield role, like, you know, oh, the, there is always this theory sometimes that like defenders, like sometimes like players who are very competent defenders, um, but they actually have this sort of range. They see the game ahead of them and sometimes later in their life when they slot into mm. midfield, you know, they're, they're very aware he was playing out of, position, the, of the game. He was definitely playing out of position. He's, he's far better in this role. Like, he's he was playing left and right back, so he's obviously... Yeah, but I think his feet. years in those positions have probably... Moulded him into... He hasn't played at a good level, like, so he's, he's a awareness. good player. Um, I think, I mean, Higgins was saying after the game that it was... The McElhinney was kind of... He reserved most praise for him, but he did touch on the fact that Derry's work rate. Like, Brandon Kavanagh won the ball back basically on his own... Won the ball back of Billy King practically on his own end line. Um, they've had really good work ethic... The, it was a twofold thing how impressive Derry were and Pats I just think like I think I mean, the Pats thing we'll do the mailbag later on right? Mm. we're going to go to Georgie Kelly but um, there's Pats comments in the mailbag so we'll talk about it there mm. right but um, I just have to think with this league title race I think if if Stephen Bradley does go and I said it to if he does go if you think about it if Rovers for a number of years have played in a very defined style you know they've played I noticed some flexibility within that um, but uh, they're used to a certain way and you know the, there's big characters in the dressing room but Bradley has brought a lot of them in has good relationships 100% with them. they just have to be careful if they do have to make a change that like, they obviously and it's I, not straightforward I, I don't think and I, they're not going to go again they're not going to go with someone who's like Henry I, I, I want to play direct you know a direct style Henry Sellers would be good press conferences mm. you know early morning ones would be different to post-match I'd say congratulations but, to the man <laughs> who was named Henry Sellers because of his inability to drink as the boy Supps who had his uh, stag in Galway on Saturday with a few uh, friends of the podcast as well Again, and a few ex-League of Ireland managers casual name uh, dropping there the boy Jay they brought him to some of the good spots in Galway that? No, no, no no would I you was, have gone if invited um, probably would have left your family and gone there to go hang out with some League of Ireland 
well, people, wouldn't you? I didn't hang out with you when you were leaving no. in person. Well, no. Yeah, it's uh, old news now, son. Uh, you know? <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, congratulations to Super Sub Sub. That's a complete tangent. What was I talking about? Henry Sellers. That's his actual his nickname, Henry Sellers. Oh, right, okay. He'd give good press conferences. Right, okay. Uh, but the point well, is that Ro- Rovers, Rovers, like, they, there's what makes them attractive as title challengers is the degree of stability and understanding is mm. exactly what makes them so unattractive to potential uh, uh, upheaval. Now, there mm. is a little break coming up, you know, in, in the, the the international break in June. It's possible even, I think Rovers' first game after the break is against Pats, but that could be vulnerable if there's a number of players with the 21s because uh, the 21 yeah. window goes on. So do they have, you know, license holders in the background? Um well, actually, don't need a license holder for fifty days anyway, or sixty days, whatever it is. But I mean, they have people managing underage teams that can maybe stop step in if they needed to, but mm. in a very short term caretaker capacity. But they just can't. Like if they fall six or seven points somehow behind Derry in, well, in this period, um, I just don't know. I'd be like if Derry could get Michael Duffy back and might have their own business they're doing in the summer, and this is potentially. Um, a game changer in the title race. I don't disagree. I don't Did disagree. You, but you don't disagree. Ten minutes ago, you said yeah. it was still over. I I said it's a massive change. I didn't see it coming. You've completely changed your position. It's 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 a big big job for whoever comes in. It's a, like I remember the last interview I had with Bradley was like, I'm not here to keep them happy. They're here to play for Shamrock Rovers. But he has kept them fairly happy. And there are a lot of personalities in that dressing room. It could go yeah could go the other way. As much as they've they've the best squad, they've effectively the their champions twice. It could, it could go wrong. It could go wrong. And some personality just might immediately fall out with one of the players. And that's a problem. So Derry have massive harmony at the moment. And it's de- at the very least, I can say it is a two-horse race. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's like Boris Johnson defending some of his parties. You've now accepted you were there. You're at the now accepting you were Keir there. Keir had to... He had to deny that the curry uh, was eaten at one of his parties as well. So just bring the curry in as well. Was there any, any fourth officials at uh, <laughs> that curry party? Um, will we get to Georgie? Well, I think we will, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair to say if Georgie Kelly were doing podcasts per goals uh, in the League of Ireland last season, the ratio he's doing them in England this season would have done about 200. How many podcasts have you been on this week? We thought we were getting you as an exclusive guest. <laughs> you get one goal and you've had about... These are late to the party. These are late to the party. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan got you booked in early and, I mean, how many podcasts has been on? I don't know. I, I, I listened to all his other podcast interviews on the way over today as research, so that's why I was sat outside in the car for an hour outside <laughs> just to go through them. So I'm trying to think, is Anton... Is Anton George Kelly hasn't said in response to uh, the, I feel like I'm going to flip it around and say Georgie is there anything you haven't been asked since last Saturday that you feel someone should have asked you no I think it's pretty much all covered Jesus um, as you've been in on data but interviews and stuff like uh, oh well, Georgie thanks for coming on the show it. anyway yeah, that's, that's, been, it, yeah, it's, that's been good um, <laughs> nah look it's, it's but I mean isn't it a great thing to be talked about when I'm guessing at periods in the last couple of months, I mean, if anyone was in touch with you, it was probably to ask you, what the hell's going on over there? Where are you? You know, so it's a, it's a nice sort of contrast now, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, it's, uh, it's a nice difference, but yeah, it's typical. Like people just get carried away. You score one goal and then the phone doesn't stop. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What can you, what can you do? It's grand. You can't, uh, you can't turn, these, turn these things down when they're, when they're coming, you know? Tell me when you um you walk off the pitch on Saturday and it, like it was an amazing moment you know you you come on for your debut and you score and stripped off stripped off yeah um when you open your phone eventually how many messages are we looking at there like how many 
how many notifications do you have to work your way through yeah loads and it's it's all the different apps which is annoying like you might open a couple on some of the messages on snapchat or and you know and then next thing you forget about them you forget to respond to people and it's um, well, you're so intelligent, Georgie. That's a good problem to have. Jesus you can come God. up with an app that collates all of these social media into one. Like it must have been thousands, when nearly was it? Back was loads, yeah. Um, it was. It's great. It's a good feeling, like. Mm. It really is. Do you've ever had that comparable, Dan? No, I maybe don't think so, Johnny. No, you your firstborn. Maybe you know when you open your phone, you're like expecting a lot of messages, like and it just goes on, on, on. Yeah, would never have gotten them out. Maybe Georgie got. No, maybe when one of our horses won a race or something. Yeah, yeah. You woke up four messages, three of them from you, asking where it was. But yeah, no, like I, I don't know, Georgie. Like I mean, it's. I don't know. In the last couple of months, you, you've obviously had a lot of time to sort of think. You had an, an injury that you didn't want and you've had sort of thinking time. Look, have you actually had a time to even properly settle into your to your new life, if you know what I mean? Because like, where are you speaking to us from today? Are you in the UK or have you, sorry, have you come home now that you're studying? No, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm still in the UK, just outside Rotherham. Yeah. In Rotherham. So like, have you had much chance to like just settle in and get your head around all the changes that have happened to you in the last couple of months? <coughs> not, not really. Um... As you say, with work, like with with the masters coming to an end now, um, like it's literally been good good in the training, get home, and you're I'll be stuck in the books till nine o'clock that night, and then I'll be up in the morning training, I'll be home, and it's the same again. Um, so I've barely even seen around the area. I've barely done, you know, I was in a hotel for the first whatever three four weeks, like. Um, so it, it, it's been a little bit weird in that sense. Um, I can't wait to get this, to get those exams and stuff finished uh, so that I can just kind of breathe a little bit, you know. And then with the injury and all different things going on, it wasn't, um, definitely wasn't straightforward. Like, are, are you living on your own? Living on my own little flat here, yeah. Mm. Like it is a lot of stuff. Like what do your teammates make? I know there's a, there's a team trip to Las Vegas that you're missing because of your exams. Um I assume in, in casual chat, people ask you, how are you getting on or, you know, how are things going? Um, what do they make of it when you explain, no, I'm still finishing my master's here. This is how I'm spending my my spare time. Um, yeah, they don't, to be honest, they don't ask that much. Uh, really? But when they, like, I've been doing, I've been doing a little bits on, on the buses and trying to finish assignments or rereading stuff. Um, and they'd be, they'd be curious enough. But uh, no, they just find it a bit mad. Um that I was able to do like I, I've seen six years now of of uh studying I've done like um and like some of them that would be asking me saying oh, I think I'm going back I'm thinking about doing something uh part-time and like an undergrad for them they're looking at doing an undergrad online and it's gonna take six years I was like Jesus imagine having to just sit now at them say at 28 going trying to do to get a degree you said it's gonna take you six years like I'm just thinking thank god that I've been lucky enough to get to get it all over with now um still reasonably young like yeah like i did i mean I, I was struck i think it was you were chatting to the 42 and i was struck by um we're not afraid to mention other podcasts here i mean they do exist um, <laughs> uh, we were plenty of confidence in ourselves here johnny um but you you were very you were very clear i thought it was interesting on how determined you are like not to let whatever may happen change you you know, that, yes, like you have a, an amazing moment at the weekend and you're scoring a goal live on Sky Sports, but you don't want to suddenly become aloof Georgie who like doesn't respond to messages or sort of says, 
nah, I'm not going to bother with this. I mean, is that something you've actually thought about? That, that you, want, you want to like retain that, your... That, that, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't read that article, but I must have came across a little bit wrong. It was that on the podcast, really yeah, was, yeah. That wasn't really what I was hinting at there. I was uh, more talking around um, like mentality as a player hmm. and, and like people would have probably told me over the years that I probably need to change, that I'm a little bit like soft and yeah. like, I'm not your typical footballer. Like, um, you know, many people say what I would have probably thought that oh, if I want to be a top player, I need to become, you know, more aggressive and and uh, a little bit more arrogant and, and different bits and pieces. You know what I mean? And I was I was kind of hitting more at that side of things around changing and uh, around your identity and who you are. You know what I mean? That that kind of things. But uh, what what was what did you take from what you asking? No, there? no, it was it was. I think you were. It was it was sort of an, it was an interesting chat about sort of. Um, like the modern dressing room and how there's a certain mm-hmm. there's a macho vibe around it and it's sort yeah. of what you said there that like that you can fit in uh, that you don't need to sort of conform to fit in if you know what i mean that's almost what mm-hmm. i would have sort of taken that you can sort of um you can be yourself without needing to suddenly become sort of some kind of stereotypical footballer i guess yeah I mean, i'd be conscious enough of that, of that yeah you're probably right um but it's just about not letting your not letting your identity blend into who you are as a footballer, like and that education helps there, like because it separates, it gives you something else, you know what I mean? Rather than over here, 95 percent of the lads, this is their life, like so mm-hmm. if they say they're not, they don't have a good season, or they're, they're playing well, or they're, it's not going how they want, um, that'll affect their, them and their character and who they are, like because it's so ingrained in in their in their identity. Um, but I kind of separated it a little bit and I I probably have to kind of struggle and fight now to keep it separate, you know what I mean? So it doesn't mm. become charge of the footballer. Like. Mm. What, what was it like um, settling into that dressing room as well? And there must be no greater acceptance than scoring a goal like that. I mean, because they're going on what you've done in training, I guess. They just haven't really seen you play that much and then you, you have to almost prove yourself. Yeah, it'll, it'll help. It'll help now. Um, like I was only signing in January, so it's it's a little bit like you're coming into a full dressing room of a team who's mm. top of the league. You know what I mean? It's it's not easy to integrate, especially when you're like you're a bit weird like me. Like you know, what well, I, mean? I was going to um, say something similar. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that yeah, that that breaks ice a little bit and makes things easier. Definitely. Like uh what what was and then what was saturday night like in the celebrations i mean the way the way it lift off your shoulder because a, lo- a lot of people would have been talking about you how how come georgia kelly hasn't been playing he's been injured and he's you know things you were i think you were about ready to play got injured again and um i don't know it just must have been an amazing sense of relief to go into the off season with, with that behind you yeah, like I've, I've I've probably said this already on other podcasts, but um, I kind of had accepted myself. I had accepted that oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make an appearance this year, and I'll just get stuck in the preseason now and and, and try to come in in good shape and go from there. Uh, like I accepted that because I didn't think I was gonna. I didn't even know if I was gonna make the bench on that final day. Like mm. never mind, come on, never mind, score. Um, but now it's massive relief, and it hopefully will all it will do. And that's all that it will do. It's nothing more than just the goal. Like. But I'll, it'll hopefully make things that transition now a little bit easier uh, come pre-season, you know what I mean? I've already the, scored the first goal and, you know, it, it releases that bit of pressure. What was the transition like um, from Bowes to the top of League One? Um, yeah, not that 
not that different. Um, like the League of Ireland has caught up quite a lot, I would imagine. In, in regards to like, my easiest way for me to compare it would be with Dundalk to to Rotherham because obviously you're in the mornings and it's a full time little thing. Bow's obviously a little bit different, but uh, there's not that much of a difference. Like you're you're in the mornings and you do your analysis and your pregame analysis and your training, and then you have the gym after. Like the League of Ireland has caught up in that sense quite a lot. I, I would, as far as I can see, you know, um, and there's no, there's no huge, obviously then you look at different things and physicality and technical ability and stuff, there might be a bit of a difference, but in regards to what, what teams are doing and, and day to day, I don't think there's much, there's much change. Like, I think physicality seems to be a big thing that's been referenced sort of on a number of occasions. And I think it even seems like at all levels in the game, I was even thinking like last year we had sort of people from the Leinster Senior League in around the FAI Cup and they were, you know, what's the difference? And they would actually talk about, say, the step from there to, say, the League of Ireland. A lot of it is like, you know, conditioning or fitness and so on. And it just seems like you, you go up to levels that, like just technically talented yeah. players in a lot of places, but it really is just sometimes that physicality and that athleticism, which... It's, which makes you sometimes look at how players have gone over from here and it's worked out for some and not for others. And you've maybe had some incredibly mm. technical players here, but maybe didn't have some of the attributes physically that you needed over there, you know? And is, is that is that what you've noticed, that yeah. it, it is really yeah, that? Yeah, I would agree. That athleticism. 100%. I, yeah, I agree. It's uh, Everyone is quick and powerful and strong. Um, coming from League of Ireland, I thought that I would have been reasonably like obviously i'm not i'm not i'm not technically gifted like and my strength was that i would be kind of strong and physical and, and all right in the air um so i felt like that probably wasn't going to be my biggest challenge but it, it is it is going to be like it's it's another step again mm. um our, our striker i don't know if you've seen the game whatever but your man smith, michael smith yes is yeah. a machine of a man like an absolute machine in regards to strength and power and pace um, and that's kind of what you have to get. That's what I'm going to have to try and get to because I don't obviously don't have it technically. I'm not overly gifted, so it's that's where I'm going to have to try and get to. Like, um, but that step is is noticeable definitely. Did your strength and conditioning coach over there tell you as much? Um, yeah, he actually put me on. Michael Smith's been there now three. He's been there now three years. So he actually put me on his program that he started on. He's shown me pictures of him when he came in and the tra- the change and the transition that he went through. They put me on the same program now, um, so we'll see. Mm. And, it, but that strength yeah. and coach is, is is off to Lincoln now, which obviously could be yeah. joined by Stephen Bradley. Is like the football world; it can be small. And Georgie Kelly um, and <laughs> behaviour stuff. Uh-huh. But like uh, that is quite it, mad. It, what a coincidence! Yeah, so. like it's it's a debate on. It's a debate on the the show here today. Before you come on, I mean, you've got a you've got a sort of a front row seat now you you can can you understand why it would be attractive to someone like Stephen Bradley to to go there yeah 100 percent. because from the outside looking in uh people probably see Lincoln as a, a mid-table kind of even around the bottom of the table team in league one I think do you know where they finished no they were 17th in the year just gone but obviously in the playoffs last season but 17th right, see, yeah year, exactly yeah. they were like they were 17th but the playoffs the year before mm. and really because supposedly really unlucky that year not to go up so that's the that's what you kind of you're dealing with you're dealing with a club that's probably on the verge if, we, if they get things right they'd be on the verge of championship like um and when you look at it in that in that kind of a lens then it, it, it it's different like and it is it is it is a big step um even as you probably touched on it, it was in your article financially, it'll be a big step as well mm. if he was to take it. Like, um, 
but no, I, w- I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be jumping to conclusions and, and, and assuming that it's a it's a kind of sideways move. I, w- I wouldn't think so, but um, that's all opinions, isn't it? Like, yeah, uh, I don't I don't think people should definitely be, a big club. I don't think like mm. people uh, touching the people in the league should be offended by it. It's more a reflection of what a monster English football is as well too I mean Mm -hmm. I did mention in a piece this morning I mean I know you had opportunities in like top leagues in other countries and yet League One is still able to to tempt people away and we've seen that with Jamie McGrath and you see it with with uh, you know other players in the Scottish top flight who, who moved to League One and stuff I mean it's more a case of to me, it's more a reflection of the pulling power of English football rather than it. Like we talk about League One as though we're thinking of the old third division in the eighties or something. Different animal now, completely. It is. It's tr- it's like a trickle down effect from the money that's pumped into the Premier League. Like yeah. it causes bigger clubs to continuously fall down. Like if you, one thing that I couldn't get over when I first went was the stadiums. Like I was I was expecting kind of old English stadiums. Un, like unbelievably modern, uh, real high high quality stadiums. Like even we were, we were Wimbledon away. It's not a big stadium, but it's just lovely, modern, nice and neat little stadiums. That they got relegated. That's Plough Lane somewhere. now, is it? Yeah. That's Plough. That's Plough Lane now. Yeah, is it? Plough, yeah. Plough Lane. I think is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's mad. Like, like that's, as Dan that's... was saying in the in his article today as well. Like just the you know the the levels of debt that some of the clubs have incurred, but the industry there, like Lincoln, is is actually not that big of a city. Like a hundred thousand people or something, they regularly get big crowds, and it's just it's a, it's massive. English, English football. Once you you get into the four divisions, you'd have to meet a stadium criteria that's way ahead of some clubs in the Premier Division in Ireland. That's where we're at. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big factor, like a big difference. But then you're competing with the GEA as well, which is another big factor um, here. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not it's not straightforward. I've seen someone actually tweeting the attendances for I don't know. You've probably seen it for like uh, the non-league in England as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mad like yeah. But some of the clubs in the non-league, like mm-hmm. Stockport and and sort of Chesterfield and all. Like I mean, this is it. Like and it's we they, they live across the road from us effectively, you mm-hmm. know and. Um, sometimes people in Ireland here they think anything below like the Premier League or something is inferior when they actually they don't realise the, the strength of the game there Bradford get crowds of 15,000 in the fourth tier regularly there like yeah. it's like yeah, yeah it's, no, you know, it's we're a, at, even though the tide is rising it's in it's Ireland it's a different animal so Georgie your plans then for the you you, you I don't know are you going to get home will we will we be seeing you in Daily Mount or something at some stage sort of uh, waving out the fans the or something I'll hopefully be in the Brandywell this Friday night I think it's the Brandywell oh yeah City Bows yeah yeah that's, a, that's an so, interesting game yeah he still listens to the podcast yeah. as well interesting <laughs> <laughs> he still listens to the podcast because he he said You're on uh, brand here. I like Gary that. Deegan interview was very interesting Dan was trying to dip, dig deeper into psychology of the lads who vent a, a, a lot of anger, and you kept cutting him off. So uh, you're you're a good. Yeah, judge. I, I was I was ready to listen to listen to Johnny. Dan was diving into like because Gary was talking about um, about like white white you know about venting anger and shouting at people and different things. And Dan was trying to go deeper into that, and Johnny kept cutting you kept cutting them off. Well, I was trying. Johnny to was like, "Tell me, you were in Galway for six months. What was it like? <laughs> what was your was, favorite restaurant?" In I was trying to go into his past as well because uh, oh. he's uh, he geez, he gave me the eyes there when I was looking when I met some point and I was literally shivering in my yeah. non-existent shoes. Johnny, listen, I, it's me good to see you still listen though. Me and Johnny had a little bit of off-air discussion on that, but you know, Georgie, yeah. I'm very glad you backed up my opinion on that. Yeah, chat. really, really he, appreciate he was that. Right. Um, championship for your next season after all of that yeah it's um, yeah some step up like um, does the manager rate you now say it again does the manager rate you now 
Sure, he's barely seen me. He's only seen eight minutes. That's <laughs> yeah, right. So it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be big changes where like our squad. What I didn't realize is the size of your squad will have to increase a whole lot between now. I think they're looking at maybe a squad of twenty six to twenty eight next year. So you you know it'll be a much bigger squad, a bigger challenge. Um, but it'll be interesting to be a part of it. Like I think the fact that that we that we got relegated and we came down from that league um, will give. We'll give our staff a little bit more of, a, uh, of an edge in regards to staying up next year. I would, I would, I would like to think, um, you know, then know the ins and outs of it and stuff. Uh, it'll not be the first rodeo, so hopefully it'll be it'll be a good experience. Yeah, that's good stuff. When when are your exams? When actually are the exams? I know we've referenced you have your exams, but when are they? Uh, I have one now on uh, Friday morning, and then I have uh, a couple next week as well. Different and assignments and different little bits. Are they are those exams now in person now or is are you doing these exams on? It's a mix. It's a it's a mix. But I'm gonna try and get home for the one on and do that in person on Friday morning. Yeah. yeah. Just they've been great. UCD have been great with me. Um, yeah. Really, really flexible. Like so, uh, I've been blessed. Like uh, a couple of questions on the league warden for you go the um the 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 league so far you'll be asked uh, to see the the league leaders play bows and also bows like what have you made of their season so far. Um, yeah, it's a little bit up and down, but I think it's it's the problem with Bose is that they have such high expectations. Like fans are constantly want more, 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 um, and I, and that's obviously not easy to for for Keith and Trev. Like they're trying to still trying to find their and it was the same with us last year, trying to find their their best team, like and their best side and the right fit. Because um, I've seen they've got, they've been going with two up front, haven't they? Promise and Junior the last couple of weeks, kind of last yeah. Week anyway. Mm. Um, or maybe not. I, they've I they've know, mixed it a bit, yeah, yeah. They've they've obviously the the big massive upheaval in the off season, which you you were aware of. Hmm. So um, it'll take them a while, but I think it'll be a big advantage for them too that they're not in Europe. They can kind of focus and and knuckle down. Um, and I would imagine they'll probably push on the second half of the season and, and look for top three. But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. It's a tough league, like Jesus. Yeah. It's what about Derry then? Yeah, they're flying, aren't they? Um, really, yeah, I think that 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 this game Friday night uh, will be really interesting. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to try to pick a winner, like because both these. I always find playing at bows is is that we suit when we're kind of the underdogs, mm. um, and we, you know, when we're kind of we're going to be a game not expecting to win. I felt like it always suited bows. We always done well in big games and against Rovers or whatever, but. Uh, so away from home, the brand new is tough place to go. But um, no, they're be flying. They're be flying. They're going well. Well patching the Malibu, isn't he? Um, yeah, interesting year now. And and this Bradley thing is gonna make. Sorry, I'm rambling here, but this no, Bradley no, thing is gonna make well, it even more interesting. Don't worry. Like yeah, you're, you're listening to the show, rambling is obviously a big part of what we do. Let <laughs> so. come back to exactly what we were saying before you came on. It's uh, well, this is it. Johnny declared the title race over. He's now admitted it might not be <laughs> over, uh, mm. sort of. And uh, yeah, the Bradley thing mm-hmm. could could change things. But um, listen, George, it's been great having you on. And Probably have another podcast to do now. He's going to do something uh, something else somewhere. No, listen, we're, we're we're very appreciative of your time, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, around the league. I saw a lot of the messages you received, even on of the many thousands you received. Um, there was a lot of them on social media you could see from former teammates and stuff, which probably speaks to how happy they actually are to see you do well, um, which is rare enough in football where obviously 
a lot of times people like to see other people fail as we know but that's not the that's definitely not the case uh in, in your case so uh no we're, we're very happy you came to join us in the pod um along with all the other ones and uh we will we will chat to you soon georgie cheers no worries not at all thanks lads see you georgie top man georgie take care best of luck see with you, i might see you at a game soon hopefully yeah, from one striker to another, the boy Owen, who was involved in the podcast, and thanks to Kieran McCann for stepping in for Del Boy today on production. The boy Owen mentioned Dinny Corcoran, who's only on the show today. He, was, he sent us a message. We'll get to the mailbag on the other end of this interview. But we had a query on Instagram from Owen about we were talking about Dinny. We have one from Owen on Twitter. I was just like, Owen, just leave us mm. be. Like, also, you know us both. Like, you can mm. send us a message if you want to get Dinny on. But anyway, we were way ahead of that. And you'd already spoken to 100 gold striker Diddy Corcoran on Tuesday. I think you were going for a flight at this stage, so you were. Oh, so then you were somewhat subdued. Let's listen to the Diddy Corcoran interview, and then we can hear whatever your tale of woe is. Diddy, how are you keeping? All good. Not a bother. How are you? I'm all good. Uh, Might as well get this uh, out of the way. The 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 countdown uh, to your 100th goal took a while, didn't it? Yeah, it did. uh, A lot longer than I would have liked. Um, yeah, at the start I didn't mind because like I, I knew it would come eventually. But then, geez, the last few weeks were kind of getting on my nerves a bit. So feels like a little weight lifted off the shoulders now. Yeah, I'm happy. So the first you were on ninety seven before the start of the season, I think, and then you needed three, obviously. So you got two, and then you were just waiting. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that was geez six or seven matches ago, more maybe. So it took its time, but we got there in the end. Yeah. Does stuff like that play on your confidence if you're a striker that, you know, does it affect you going into a game when you haven't scored in, say, five or six or whatever? Um, yeah, quite, like I said, like, it didn't bother me at the start. Like, as, like I said, like, a, whatever, there's 20 matches left, I knew I'd get it. But just, to, it's kind of, it was playing on my mind a bit the last few weeks. I just wanted to get it done and get it out of the way because I'd missed some chances, you know, and then I was like, oh, jeez, will this ever come? Like, you know, but um, yeah, now now that it's game, like I said, I feel like a bit of relief now, so I can kind of no pressure now. I can just go and enjoy the games, not feeling like I need to score, you know. And was there was it a motivation for you to actually go back playing to, to hit the one hundred? Uh, yeah, it actually was. I mean, <laughs> I, I I knew I was kind of close to hundred, but I didn't know the exact figure. And then when I heard it was ninety seven, I was like, oh, geez, I can't, I can't give up on that, you know. And I still feel like the last few years had been frustrating kind of didn't play much through injury or whatever so I wanted to play anyway there was there was hunger there anyway but um, yeah it did give me a, a little added motivation I have to say yeah How would you assess the season so far like your home form has been very poor in general um, you've won four games obviously but I, I suppose like there were some expectations for you at the start of the season how would you sum it up so far? Um, yeah probably should be better to be honest I think uh I think we have a decent squad and like you said, the home form hasn't been good enough. I think the, the pitch down there is poor so I don't know whether that's playing a part but it's not, we're not able to play pretty football exactly, you know. But um, yeah, I think so far we're not not too pleased with how it's gone but we're not a million miles off, you know. Um, still a long way to go so I mean, still a, still a lot to play for but I think we need to be more consistent there. What was your motivation to go back then? Like I think your old buddy Larkin Fitzgerald obviously would have been involved. <laughs> Yeah, Lork's got in touch um, and I, I would have known Ian Ryan as well. I played with him at Shells many years ago so I'd know him. Um, and yeah, he just, like I said, the last few years through injury and stuff, I just I just haven't played much so all, all, all you want to do is play and he said he'd give me game time and get back to where I was before the injuries and stuff and just enjoy it again and 
So I just said, yeah, I'll give it a bash. And, and so I am enjoying it so far. It's great to be playing again. How frustrating were the last couple of seasons? Yeah, very. I mean, injuries. I know injuries are part and parcel of the game, but uh, I broke my leg in 2019. And like it's over three years now. And I haven't probably haven't played three games in a row, like up till now. So, um, very frustrating and because I, I was doing well before the injury I was kind of reaching my peak and coming into my prime and scoring regularly for balls so um, the timing was bad as well but um, yeah it was very frustrating but it, 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 it's football it's part and parcel of it it's done now so just happy that I was able to come back and play at all so enjoying it again now yeah What was the story with you leaving balls in the first place? Uh, I, don't, I think I don't know, mate. I just I wasn't in Keith's plans anymore. You know, I suppose the injury kind of obviously had an effect on my game time. And then when I was kind of fit again, I, I couldn't get into the team because the team was doing well and just kind of fizzled out. You know, I think I just the, the, my time had ran up there, and Keith had other other plans. You know, so I met up with him, and he just he just basically told me that's it. I'm not in the plans, and I said I have to respect that. You know, I had a great few years there, and I enjoyed it, but. The time was up, yeah. Was that tough to take? It was tough to take, although I was kind of expecting it, you know, you kind of get mm. that feeling a few weeks before it actually happens. But yeah, like I loved my time at Bowers. I had a great relationship with everyone there, the fans and stuff. I'd done well. I'd like to think I'd done well enough there. So so it was a special place in my heart now, Bowers does, yeah. So I would I would have liked to have another shot there now. I, I feel like I, I still had a lot to give over the last few years. But uh, I wasn't in his plan, so I kind of had to just take it on the chin and move on. You've sympathy for managers when they have to have that chat. I remember I was talking to the manager uh, in the off-season. He said he absolutely hated doing it. Um, so what was the question? Do you have sympathy for managers when they have to have that chat oh, with a player? Um, yeah, I suppose it, it's very tough. That's probably the toughest part for them to tell a player that they're, they're not wanted or needed, you know. But um, uh, like I said with me, it was kind of, no, I kind of knew, I expected it, you know, and, uh, Keith had the decency to actually come and meet me face to face, you know, and explain it to me. And um, I had a great relationship with Keith over the years, so uh, there was no problem. It was no issue. I mean, I said it to him. I said I was disappointed with how how it ended, and he he understood. You know, obviously he said he probably should have given me more game time than he did, but no, there was no hard feelings. But um, yeah, it's it's a tough job for the managers to do that. I'm sure. Yeah. And in terms of like in terms of long and quality, do you think they can kind of get those going this season? It's kind of been a sluggish start for them. Like, and dare I say, some people seem to even be putting them under pressure. Yeah, um, uh, I know that they, they, they haven't started great, but I mean, they're they're not far off. I mean, the few they can see the few last minute goals, which they've dropped points from, obviously. So if they if they hadn't, I know it's so you can say this all well and good, but they'd be right up there, you know. I think they like every year Keith has to recruit from from scratch more or less. He always loses the kind of main his best players every year. So it's such a tough job from um but um yeah, no, I've gone to watch them a few times. They've, the the makings of a good squad there. I think they just maybe need a bit more time to improve even. But um I think they're only still maybe three or four points off third. So considering they haven't even really got going yet, it's it's, it's they're not a million miles off. So I personally think they will start um start improving now and, and climbing up the table. Yeah. Did Did you feel a bit on the scrap heap after Rod or just the way how it was so frustrating with injuries and that? Did it, sorry, say again. Did you feel a little bit on the scrap heap kind of after Rod because it had just been so frustrating for you there with injuries and so on? 
Pedro Jota. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Jota was. Similar story, injured at the start of the season and the striker started doing well so couldn't really get back in and kind of had a few niggles here and there. And Yeah, it was another frustrating season there as well so felt like another year wasted really but um, and now here I am at Wexford so like I said, I'm enjoying it again but the, uh, the injuries the last few years have just been a nightmare for me. What was it like dropping to the first division? Um, I didn't mind it, I mean I'm 33 now, so uh, probably slightly on the on the downhill slope, you know. But um, the first division, it's there's there's good players there. You can definitely tell there's a significant significant drop in the quality, all right. But um, now there's some good players, some good teams, and um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you must be up there with the player that has had nearly the most clubs in the league. If if I'm right, just looking at your clubs <laughs> history, you've been at a Pat's Sporting Fingal, Alone at Shells, Drada, Bowes, UCD, Bowes again, Sligo, Pats, Bowes again, Drada, now Wexford. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's hard. Most It's mostly one-year contracts, you know, and then, like I said, uh, well, I've had injuries and stuff, so it's, it's hard to kind of put faith in a player that keeps getting injured. And the early stage of my career, I, I didn't take it seriously, so I, was, I can understand why uh, teams wouldn't resign me. Um, I was so, that? Yeah, the, the, I, I I didn't look after myself. I went out too much drinking and stuff, and not caring about the football. It was only kind of when I was twenty, probably twenty five. I kind of got my head screwed on and put the head down and worked hard. But yeah, I just just went out too much drinking and didn't didn't look after myself for the first five six years of my career. Yeah. So did you not respect yourself enough, or did you not respect the League of Ireland enough, or both? Because obviously, the player you became, you were more than good enough to have a real shot at this. Yeah, when I think about it now, it's kind of annoys me and kind of a regret I have because you look at the young lads like McGonagall now, Baderi and Johnny Kenny off Sligo, he's only 18. I kind of feel I was putting myself in the same category as them back at that age. Like I really had potential, but I suppose when I just started getting paid to play football, I kind of, I don't know, I think it's different nowadays. Young lads are looking after themselves a lot better. They're going to the gym and there's more kind of strength and condition, like, the, the GPS is that they wear. It's more, it's it's more evident nowadays. And back then, I was, I was just taught to myself and getting paid to play football. This is great. Then you play a match on the Friday, and the weekend comes. What what do you do? You go out and drink. So you know, I was young and stupid. I didn't didn't respect it enough yet, to be honest. Like you said, so yeah, it's a regret I have, but it's done now. Luckily, I I got my head screwed on eventually, and it's done okay since. And was it a manager that changed your mind in that, or was it yourself? No, it's probably the girlfriend. <laughs> I met her then. <laughs> the other manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, once once I stopped going out, obviously then and stuff, and and then yeah, I suppose I just kind of sat down with myself and just said, give it a proper shot, you know, look after the diet, cut out the going out and stuff, and it's no coincidence that's when I started to to do well. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, now, Danny, at one point you were probably the best finisher in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my strength, all right. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was consistent for probably three or four years straight there before I didn't have many injuries and I was enjoying my football. The balls, Keith put a lot of faith in me, played me every week, and yeah, I considered myself one of the top strikers in the year there um, for a couple of years. So um, yeah, disappointing now. I was, I know I reached the hundred mark, but I feel I should have a lot more to be honest. And you make the playoffs this year. I think so. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Uh, 
I think the likes of Cork, Galway and probably Waterford would be the top three. So then there's kind of two spaces up for grabs probably between the likes of Longford, Treaty, ourselves, you know, it'll be tough, but a lot of football to be played. So um, uh, that, that's our aim anyway. So we'll give it a shot. Just before you go, if, if Stephen Bradley were to leave Shamrock Rovers, it seems to be up in the air at the moment and this might be actually by the time this podcast goes out, it might even be gone through. But do you, do you see the, the attraction for that management team if it happens for them to move to Lincoln? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, he has it so leaving well a lot there. behind as well, like yeah, like the best team in the country. He's he's well regarded there. Obviously, he's won a lot there. They've Europe, and then the other side of it, you think, geez, this might be my only chance. Go to England, get better money, give it a shot. You know, I'm sure he could bring a few players with him and staff and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's there's there's two ways you can look at it, but. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't know in my opinion I don't know whether he should stay or go because so many pros and cons but, but the way I'm looking at it it looks like he's kind of edging towards it so it'll be interesting to see in the next few days Finally what about your countdown ambitions? My countdown ambitions are to go back and get a win There um, you go simple as Yeah not, not happy with the loss and I didn't even get the teapot so I need to get the teapot for me ma so the plan is to go back on and get a win I mean, just on that interview before I start, did you actually mean that with your first question? Your, your question about the countdown to 100 goals. Was that deliberate? Was that a deliberate, deliberate joke? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the joke. That was the joke. But like, I did say, I might as well get this out of the way, didn't I? Like, oh, that's yeah. the countdown. You sounded like you were very subdued. You sounded like you were someone... Like, just watched a horseman involved in finish tailed off in ball and robe. Oh, was it at literally, that, that time? Literally, literally that moment. You did. You had the, the quality of... So, you were like someone who'd, um, at the start of that interview, like someone who'd got a phone call from their loved one when you were in the office and you sort of didn't want anyone to know you are on the phone. There was an so, element of that because you were in a so, waiting room at the airport. Oh, yeah. Then I could see the flight was... You know, everyone was gradually leaving and got up, to, basically the last one to get up the gate. And I, I don't want to be that fellow who's like trying to do everything while it's on his phone like someone in succession or whatever and just don't care but not, I'm on my phone here so I got up to the desk and I left the laptop kind of or packed up the laptop she's like you've no masks you're going to have to run upstairs to get a, a mask and I was like oh, for f-. so went upstairs to the boots which was closed and rushed back down and basically yeah then this one was like oh we thought we'd mask you but we don't then this other lad was was kind of coming back off the plane. She's like, you're on the wrong flight. That's not even your flight. So there was all this madness. And then I got on the plane and it didn't move for about half an hour. Well, there you go. Generally, First world problems. Generally, sometimes you just get a bit older and you start complaining about sort mm. of things. I should have had a mask, but like it was did completely you, I, pointless. Why no. did you fly? Why did you not get a... What's your Mr. Climate Change here? Mm. Oh, no, it's... You just went to London for a few days. Yeah, what's, what's that doing short haul fly, short haul flights aren't the worst but uh, no it's bad like your look at it's, it's, it's so bad so so bad when is the League of Ireland when are grounds going to start become carbon neutral I think the FAI is looking into this but we need to start doing something the League of Ireland could actually like put solar panels and load the grounds for example yeah and I think I, that will happen I mean I, I'm still waiting for Wi-Fi in some of them you know, mm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm very happy if they're going to be carbon neutral. I mean, I, for all that, I'm like, I acknowledge it's a very serious issue, but I mean, in some places, I mean, Wi Fi would help. I was at a game earlier this season where a player was shouting about the lack of hot water as he left. So, I mean, I, I would like, I would like us to be, at the, I'd like us to be at the forefront of, of all of this. Um, but we also need to sort of make them habitable for people, as, as Georgie Kelly touched on there, you know. But anyway, let, let us go to the mailbag because there's a couple of things we haven't talked on that we need to talk about. What's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. 
Yeah. Uh, busy mailbag as ever. Busy mailbag. We were a bit small, a bit late sending it out, but we got a little bit distracted by um, just a couple of developments that were happening news-wise. Um, yeah, I didn't actually, I didn't realise, we were speaking earlier, Stephen Bradley said actually there's also been a bereavement in the family, so um, this might be a, a cause for a small small delay in, in, in movement as regards that, so sympathies to his family on that. Um yeah, so Eric Dunnigan, Pats need stronger fullbacks and a proper holding midfielder. Loads of attacking options, but little to cover them getting forward. Hopefully with what looks like a guaranteed extra money from Europe will strengthen. That's that's a reference to the situation Indeed. in Russia. It means Pats got to buy. I, I was, the way I think now, I'm such a hardened like uh, cynic now. I'm thinking, I did hear a suggestion that like, players would have reasonably good bonus terms at Pats for getting through a round in Europe. Does it count, <laughs> Does it count if you get a buy and you don't Jesus. play? You didn't win? Actually, I don't know. Surely is that, not. Is that the case? I mean, is that? I mean, you saw Brian Gartland is going to be out uh, on soon, talking about his book, and one of his references in his book is how the Dock players nearly went on strike before the VTS game last year um, over bonus issues. Um, which I might we alluded to that at the time. I think there was a dispute over um, uh, the, the gross and the net of where their their bonus comes out of uh, versus uh, expenses. But anyway, the Pats. Um, there's a couple. I'm trying to get a couple more of the Pats comments. The Damian Byrne just read the Saints. Clancy obviously having a tough time at the minute, but the inconsistent team selections coupled with the inconsistent formations really aren't helping. They switched to a back three last week, right? Mm. Um, feel as though he still doesn't know his best eleven, which is at this point is worrying and there were a few other Pats related uh, comments I, I'm sorry if I didn't include them all but there's a general sort of Pats vibe of um, of, of disappointment uh, around where they're going I mean I don't know it's so I've seen Pats a couple of times recently they were excellent in the Dundalk game they nil all they should have won um, and then in Rovers and Tallaght okay they lost 1-0 and they created nothing in the second half but they were in the contest Um I just couldn't. I didn't think defensive. I didn't just didn't think their team was just going to get pummeled mm. by someone. They give the so ball away. Like, they give the ball away very cheaply. Um, but th- literally, this was. There's no point saying, well, this is why they lost the game. They lost the game because they were completely battered by Derry City from top to bottom. There was it was not a contest at all. Jack Scott was shipped at half time, but I mean, I heard a lot of people kind of in the ground saying, oh, he, you know, he's not good enough for he, he, he was very poor in the first half, but like it could have been anyone. They went to three at the back, as you say. Um, the Derry goals did come from like sloppy possession, like Forrester gave the ball away for one of them. But it was just a general team in the game. They were totally second best. They hardly had a chance in the whole game. Yeah. They were, their midfield was absolutely lost, like lost. And um, it was interesting. I'd say for Tim Clancy, it was, yeah. I'd say for Tim, it was the lowest moment, um, one of the lowest moments of his career as a manager because it was such a pummeling that like this notional, uh, definitely challenging for Europe anyway and should be close to Derry City and where the game was well over at halftime. Could have been five at halftime actually. Yeah, well, a lot of it depends on sort of... Who does he bring well, in now the, the, Well, yeah, he's made it clear in interviews like that he's not happy with aspects of the squad and mm. he did. I mean, there would have been... The circumstances in which he took over, um, it was so fraught um, yeah. that there was clearly players retained, you know, deals done that I don't think he necessarily would have been the one sort of sanctioning all of these deals because they just felt they had to move quickly. Um, and maybe, you know, and, and in some cases, I, I think there would be obviously be some reasonably well-paid players that would take a certain amount of your budget. So, um I think he's, he sent out the message and you know several times that maybe there's a couple of things he wants to do in the summer, 
so we'll see what he does Europe uh, helps now Big yeah, help, yeah. That, that definitely the, the, that cash injection yeah. helps even if not in terms of bonuses so we've had a lot of comments about Bray um, and the situation with Pat Devlin and Wexford which um, if people haven't seen this it's um, you know extraordinary where Pat Devlin um, is is being barracked after the game by a section of Bray fans he then takes out a phone as though he's going to record them and then he um uh, there's a sort of a he, he beckons one down and, and a fella accepts the challenge and he's sort of Devlin is dragged away there seems to be something thrown in his direction um and it's an extraordinary situation um now I did ask Bray for comment is there a comment on this um and there is no club comment on the situation um you know it has been pointed out to me um sort of separately um, you know, by people who sort of will be close enough to Pat Devlin that you know not not to look at just the the clip in isolation that um there had been sort of you know some chants that were sort of inappropriate, um pretty harsh and and that's what prompted the reaction. Um, but I don't know, like the whole situation. There's a certain sadness around it. You know, it's like since it's the start, since that. the start of the season, there's been this back and forth between. Uh, Devlin and supporters I mean he has been going on local radio at times calling out critics um, and that does I mean put it this way if it was a 33 year old manager doing those things we'd probably be sitting here going geez they're struggling with the pressure here like you know what's happening and when it's in a, such an experienced figure that's been around the game for so long, it's just really surprising. Mm. You know, like if as I said, it's the type of thing, you know, a, a young manager would say, oh, oh God, yeah, like, yeah, I was, a, I needed to calm down. And, you know, Pat Devlin at times in the past, like he was brought in almost to assist Steve Staunton to be like the, you know, the calming, you know, think you have an experienced presence around. So clearly he is, whatever the rights and wrongs of the equation, I know to take over and there's a lot of complexities in it that I think if we have a two minute discussion on it, you, you can you can handle it wrong, um, but in one hand it shows that he really cares, but on the other hand it shows that he's really affected by it, and I don't see how a club that doesn't have a particularly big fan base, and yes, they may have some people there who have caused a couple of issues at games this year, but still, we've heard on the that league of Ireland phone in and stuff, there's dissatisfaction amongst the brave fans. I don't know how they actually get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. It, it strikes me as something that how do you actually unite people behind the club in the current guys? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be complicated. So I'm not sure that's going to what be club? well for them. Yeah, I know. And and I just don't see how the situation improves. I have a lot of pity for old school Bray fans who've you know, watched what happened this season after um, the last regime, the O'Driscoll regime, would have brought about a lot of good after you know things were we, we all remember North Korea and all of that things were not good yeah. in Bray and they there was a dramatic upsurge in terms of I think Goodwill um, Gary Cronin came in didn't get them promoted um, but got them relatively close in the playoffs and people were sort of coming back to games um, and now you're half back to square one and I, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if the management are the answer at this stage either. To be honest, um, you know Pat Devlin's been around a long time. Um, this wouldn't suggest that he is the answer, but no, we'll I don't see. think. Unfortunately, um, it's one of those where he's in. A, I think he's in a no-win situation with those images going around. I think it's one of those if if it's actually yeah. has if it's sort of there's been a lot going on in the sporting world in Ireland in the last couple of days. Um, at a quieter time, that incident might have been a bigger story, mm. you know, mm. and. 
Um, if it was, can you imagine if that was an English Championship manager, uh, say, you know, calling down one of their fans? It'd be amazing, like you know. And sometimes we just we we, we look at the sort of the quirks of our league, you know. Asher, listen, we've had incidents we with managers and with fans before that they've gotten away with because it's League of Ireland. Yeah. There's no getting away from that. Yeah, there Some, is. Some of it is definitely controversial. Yeah. And so, so I think I I just I don't know. I I just I the feel beauty like is in our tolerance. I don't see how that's going to end well. Um, Craig uh, Gil Giltrap wants to talk about and I think this was something I was going to talk about the Stephen Bradley story has sort of overtaken events um, the scenes in Sligo um, that there was uh, there was issues there there was a flare definitely thrown into the away section and the Shamrock Rovers fans who obviously feel that they were they were the story after Daily Mount were, were now pointing out and wanted it to be pointed out that they were on the receiving end in Sligo think it's completely right that that should be highlighted and referenced and it's, it's again I think we've talked about this topic before it's not about what about her. it's not about some fans clubs are you know some fans some clubs are good and some are bad and there's good guys and there's bad guys and it's not that the broader issue of like anti-social issues at games remains a problem yeah and uh, again I don't think anyone ever just thinks oh it's one club that causes all the problems there's a lot of clubs that have elements um, and it's you know it's a broader Serious Can I issue. say on the flip side of that, Galway United brought a load of kids to the game on Monday, over 3,000 at the game, loads of underage teams came, got selfies in the pitch after, there's been no crowd problems whatsoever. But that's great, Johnny, Big but you, who were you playing? Um, who were we playing? Uh, Longford. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I mean, there's never going to be... 3,000 at Galway United well, That's Longford. brilliant, but like, yeah. I'm just saying, that that's that's almost irrelevant. Like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 a, it's a case of... If it's you not were, almost irrelevant. The crowds are way up, right? So that's brilliant. The, on the flip side, yeah, there are antisocial... I think this is more of a post-COVID thing. I think it's been reflected I'm at race saying, course. I'm Britain. just saying, if, if Galway yeah. had been playing a team with a bigger support pace on, uh, we're on very, the piss, we're very there, placid, there might uh, have been issues at that game. Who knows? Like, No one can be complacent and say, we're fine here and... You we're know, not, we're not, but like know. over oh, oh, in the overall scheme of things, like things, things are very it's like good. the Gary Deegan interview, just want to bring in some Galway stuff. I'm delighted with Georgie calling out on that. I have to say, I appreciate that. Speaking, well, it just shows how confident I am that I actually brought it up. Like, yeah, it, there was no need to bring it up. Yeah, it was, it was a private well, message. And even you mentioned in your throwaway thing in the, in the, in the Shamrock Rovers thing that they're regularly averaging over 5,000. So there's... Generally, the crowd situation is extremely good. The crowd trouble situation, um, and Sligo has, you know, there's been a couple of incidents in Sligo. It does need to be called out, but in the overall scheme of things, I think things are very good in the yeah. crowd, on the crowd front. Yeah, yeah. At 3,000, in fairness, going no, no. going like long No, 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 that's great, but I'm no just way saying, fans but I'm just saying that the, the, it's great that the crowds are brilliant. I'm mm. not saying that, but I'm just saying that saying there was no trouble at the game is pointless. It's like saying we played UCD and there was no trouble at the game. Oh, well done, you know, like... That that's that, that's just it's separate to, to the broader point. Um, I should say as well there's, a, there's the our mailbox chat on Twitter has created a debate as to whether Ginny Corcoran has actually already scored a hundred goals and was a hundred uh, on a hundred and ten. I don't know about that. Ginny's even involved with it. Yeah. Stephen McEvitt, how badly did Johnny take the news that Deegan said the league wasn't as good now as back when he was playing in it first? Yeah, I I just couldn't agree with that. But I, I mean, saw you were a little bit like. Um, Ralph Wiggum, you know, when he, uh, you could see the part when he died or something. Yeah, it's when, he's, when his heart breaks he's, in half. Yeah. I think I watched that Simpsons episode. But, it, but Gary Deegan's reflected a view there that a lot of, I've heard it from a lot of people, mm. but I think it comes down to intensity versus entertainment. Look, it's a more technical league now, mm. but some people who played in it 
share his view they, that it was a lot more demanding I think I think demanding might be mm. the word I think it was more demanding week to week back then because there was probably a more competitive league at the higher top end maybe week to week um, whereas now it's a different type of demand yeah think, you know and I think that's the difference yeah uh, um, yeah it's you know and what do we see like I mean European results this summer will probably tell a tale we had a lot of references again what will happen to Shamrock Rovers in the mail bag I think we've discussed that and we'll probably return to it it was a um, it was a fair old collapse in the second half from them after seemingly being very comfortable against Sligo they yeah, just, they just were, faded uh, that they was just, the game I watched um, I, I mean Sligo Rovers were well second best and I they, they just managed to eke one out and I don't know, like, it was one of those ones where Will Sligo take some boost out of it. They go to Talca on Friday to play Shells, who again lost, and uh, have now lost three on the bounce since winning in Derry. So, mm. um, it's still good that all the games are the big games. Um, you know, Altai saying this, I tend to use the European games as a measuring stick for my non-LOI supporting friends, so I'd like Braddy to stay and give Rovers the best crack at a group stage. Um, and that is the thing, you know, it's such a big campaign for Rovers. It looks very likely they'll be seeded in that first round. You, you certainly... I hope fans of other clubs don't. Um, you know, but I've talked about this last week from a very neutral perspective. I want all the clubs to do well in Europe. That's something that I think is very good for the league. I understand um, why people don't want their, their rivals to go well. I, I completely get that. Aaron offline lost all interest in the LOI and stopped listening since the mystery voice was cut out. <laughs> that might have been be said with that. I, I mean, I would say thanks for your message, Aaron, but he's, he's obviously not listening, so you can't even hear this. <laughs> um, but I appreciate that. BK O'Donnell. Um, has Johnny had any stake in a nightclub lately? No. No. no, no not celebrating any horse-related um, well, Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a reference to Johnny bringing a stake to a nightclub many years ago. Will we tell it again? I probably no. will. Uh, PJOM, Cork are playing a better brand of football than anyone in both divisions. Mm. Um, the, the Cork train keeps on rolling. Yeah. The Galway one, you had your comeback in, in Treaty on Friday. Yeah. which is It's Cork... Uh, that that was actually into, that was very remarkable because John Caulfield made a quadruple substitution, which I, it must be, you know, a very very rare thing in the League of Ireland, and um, it had a massive effect. But again, Stephen Walsh getting the winner, uh, quite incredible. But it, it it's almost looking like a two horse race. But Watford, I think, will will come rallying. Um, but Cork and Go- Go- it's going on his best start to a season ever. Now it's obviously first vision, but it's twenty nine from twelve. It's like asterisk. Um, yeah. And Colin Healy, I don't Cork are just absolutely thriving and battering teams at times. Scoring as well. a lot of goals. Um, mm. So the first division at the top is is definitely in a very good place. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. That is the main flavor of our questions. I think. I mean, have it long got a couple, manager? A couple yet, of references. No, there's a couple of references. No, and there's a couple of references to Stephen Rice again in the comments. Brian Barry Murphy. Someone mentioned. I'm not sure about that. I think he'd be pretty happy with his Man City gig. To be fair, but um, Evan H references Wes Hoolahan leaving Cambridge. Mm. So we're wondering if he come home to the Shells. I met some inquiries about that. I think it's possibly more likely he doesn't play on but yeah um you know you, you you never know but that certainly seems to be um the, the vibe around that and yeah paul hogan just concerned about how pats were set up on friday night side it was one of the other pats comments uh, big improvement needed or we'll drop out of the battle for euro spots i mean this is the thing they're You're gonna have a big four-way battle between they're out of the title race like pats, for sure and pats dundalk um sligo rovers and maybe bows yeah you know, dundalk um sort of efficiently beat Drawdown. Like I've said this before, I think they're a club that's probably going to improve as the season goes on. Um, and I sort of would have assumed that would have been the case with Pat still. Um, the Dog and Bows aren't in Europe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Pats and Sligo are could that be an advantage? That's why we have this weekend. We have we have two sets of games uh, for two cl- for four clubs, which is the four clubs in Europe. And people are wondering why Pats have to play Derry again. It's like honestly, Pats playing Derry again. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like sending a v- volley of you know drunken messages to someone, and then like the next morning meeting them on the bus or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like who do Pats not want to play at the moment? It's Derry uh, at Brandywell. Um, not that either of us would ever have done that, of course. Um, and recently. <laughs> I'm still not sure. Draw the St. Patrick's Athletic, uh, Shelburne, Sligo Rovers, Derry City Bohemians, uh, UCD Dundalk, and Shamrock Rovers, Finn Harps. So they are all on Friday and Monday. Shamrock Rovers play Sligo Rovers again, which was literally on Friday. Yes. And, this, Der- this, this and Derry City play Pats, which was, again, as you say. That was exactly my point. Literally on it's Friday. A, it's the European round of games. It gives them a week off for the first round of European fixtures. That's why it's that's why they're on now. First division. Um, it just makes sense, I have to say. Yeah. Got to a contemplate a trip to Cove. Haven't been there in a long time. Cove, Galway, Bray, Watford, Athlone, Cork, uh, Longford, Wexford. So... Um, kind of expecting the three big teams to win there that's will, you, it, will, that's you, will you go to Cove and Galway or will you be paragliding with Derek Keenan you know whoever um, else it might be uh, our trivia question this is all important for the Porterhouse Brew simple trivia question for me which one of the traditional Dublin big four clubs has Denny Corcoran not played for so I did go through the list yeah god it was a long list which one has he not played for I mean, he might be up clubs. there with the club, the player playing right now who's represented more League of Ireland clubs than anyone. You said like, he right now is a crucial thing. I wouldn't say ever. Back in the day, I wouldn't yeah. say ever. Like, you know, I mean, how many clubs did like Dave Mulcahy play for? You know, and people like that. Um, although I know he would have spent a long time with a couple of clubs. Mm. Something like Alan Reynolds was around the block a bit. Mm. If you throw in like assistant manager stuff. But in terms of, yeah, current players... He'd probably be up there. I all see right. Derry City tweeting that Alan Reynolds loves being in Derry, um, which is a reference, reference to, to our show. Um, so that is the trivia. Also, since we've started recording the show, the announcement has been made that the United Union Cup 2021 will not take place. I mean, the fact that we're well into 2022 might explain that, but I mean, it's just a crossover issue. Um, the issue with uh, two different leagues, two different seasons. Um, you know, I, there was an issue with the League of Ireland clubs towards the end of the season last year. I know they said it was COVID cases, but I think there was a lot, you know, a lot of players had holidays booked and, and, and they weren't sure about this. Um, similarly, in the Irish League, um, it's an issue this time around as well. So who knows where that competition goes. Just got the goes. call to do Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers on Monday. Who's going to be in the dugout? That is a tough one. Liam Buckley, anyway. Well, Liam Buckley will be there, yeah. Who knows beyond that? But um, do you know what we'll do, Johnny? We'll talk about that on the show next week. So uh, it's time for us to go. We also, I want to dedicate this show to Malky O'Connor. Okay, so we are, we are done and we're back next week. Talk to you next week. Bye.